Hi, welcome Love to Blog Talk, Talk Radio. Radio. Oh my God. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm Stephanie Podozik from Tap Integrator Olean. Today I'm accompanied by Sean Lynch and Jason Kleiber. Why don't you guys say hello? How you doing, Steph? And I know Sean is going to be calling in today, so I'll wait till he's on. But today I figured we would talk about music. Now, music has been changing constantly throughout the years through the way it is played, through the way we buy it and sell it, and actually through the way that we listen to it. So I know you and Sean went to a concert last night, so why don't you guys talk about that for a little couple seconds? So um, we went to a show in Rochester at the Main Street Armory. Uh, The performers were Ty the Creator and Vince Staples, uh, two uh, modern-day hip-hop artists. Um, who've both been nominated for, you know, separate awards, you know, and uh, they're gaining, I mean, Tyler Crane has always been very successful, but uh, Ben Staples gained popularity too. Um, it was a very energetic show. Um, it lasted about, altogether, probably three and a half hours or so. Um, and yeah, like we were on our feet the whole time. The venue kind of looks like a high school gymnasium, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, we were accompanied by a lot of our fellow classmates who, you know, some of whom were on the buzz and, or, you know, ones that we just know otherwise. Um, and, yeah, there are a lot of people who are, like, mo- you know, in a mosh pit because mm-hmm. some songs are kind of, you know, outrageous and, you know, hypes people up a lot. But overall, it was a really great show. Nobody got hurt, so... <laughs> Now, where would you normally hear their music besides the radio playing? Would you find CDs, uh, records, um, streaming sites? I personally uh, listen to them through Spotify, even though I do own um, two of their albums on CD. Um, but I know people like buy them on vinyl sometimes. Uh, I don't know how. Now, do they sell like R&B and rap and hip hop through vinyl? Uh, they do. I think I'm pretty sure classic rock uh, tends to be the most popular uh, genre for vinyl. I know that um, more indie too. Indie mm-hmm. um, labels are coming heavily out yeah, on vinyl. I also know some like more heavier music, like um, heavy metal and like yeah. definitely jazz also. Yeah, um, I wouldn't consider it like screamo music, but like the like. Any type of genre like that, you see now a lot of like um, independent sellers online selling um, albums for that. Mm. How do you feel about vinyls making their comeback now? In the past few years, especially since we've been out of high school, I've noticed there has been an increase in the trending of records. If you walk into any Urban Outfitters or like Forever 21, you can definitely find record players that they sell there. You can find albums. Um, I actually haven't been to any music stores lately. I don't know if bookstores really sell music anymore. Those are very big outlets as well. So do you think that vinyls are making a comeback? Do you think it's still considered like a hipster independent scene or do you think it's becoming mainstream? Um, Well, I think that the reason people still buy vinyl is because it has some like attributes to it that aren't as found, you know, in CDs. Like for example, um, People claim the sound is better. Um, you know, it's high fidelity sound. Um, and another thing is that the entire listening experience of, you know, putting out a vinyl record is, is kind of different 
from popping in a CD. You know, you can just kind of put a CD on your car and you don't have to like, you can skip through tracks and all that stuff. With vinyl, you, you know, pin down the needle and it's kind of a commitment, you know, and there's, there's more comfort to just sitting back and like listening to it all the way through, you know, and going over, flipping it over, you know, after side one and all that. Mm-hmm. And I know you can definitely change the way that the music is played by switching up the speed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very big attribution as to the joy of record. Mm-hmm. Also, I know DJs tend to use, like there's a rise in DJs, of course, like this century. So uh, they tend to use, you know, vinyl records when they're performing, you know, live. Um, they, you know, use the scratches and everything. And they do that in hip hop also. So that could be a separate uh kind of reason for why people are buying records more. Mm-hmm. I don't know how prominent that is, but it could be. Now, I know Sean is trying to call in. Um, he has messaged me and saying that he should be connected, but I can't hear him. So I'm just going to see if I can add a call and if that will work. I don't know why. Sometimes technology doesn't work in my favor, and that's all right. So get from the case. Very true. So can you hear me, Sean? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. I am on both Blog Talk Radio and with you. That works out. I'm not really sure what the issue was beforehand. Um, but do you have any input into the vinyl? Uh, yeah, um, certainly. Uh, with vinyl, you know, it's become such a huge market. You see bookstores like Barnes & Noble, for example, really expanding upon vinyl, trying to bring it into a mainstream, you know, something – like in the 70s and the 80s, it was something easier to pick up. And then in the 90s with the digital movement, that was something difficult to, you know, get from a store where it became huge CDs. And then with Napster as well, that became a huge MP3 push. Uh, so it's becoming something nostalgic at this point, you know. It's interesting to see that. And it's really different and unique. And I'm glad, you know, that people have something tangible to listen to now. It's not just digital. Um, the quality isn't always there, but that's okay, you know. It's something different that you can listen to and unique, which I appreciate. Now, I feel kind of different because me and my roommate both have um, record players and we have vinyl collections. I know my parents still have a collection somewhere, and I know her father does as well. And we actually think the sound is better for more, like, rock and roll music, sometimes even for, like, independent music if you're listening to, like, the XX or other bands that have, like, a softer sound. Sometimes it sounds actually better there than it does a CD. Um, I know CDs can easily get scratched, and you have to have that portable CD player with you, whereas, like, a record, you can just put it on, use it for a while, and just have the music blaring. And I think the sound for that is good. Um, now with CDs, uh, rumor has it that Best Buy is going to discontinue, discontinue the sale of CDs by the summer, whereas Target has told their suppliers that they will actually only pay for their stock of CDs once they're actually sold. So what do you guys change of how we buy and sell music? Um, I mean, Sean can go first if you want to. All right. Um, for me, it's something different. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to find stores that sell CDs. Usually specialty record stores have beginning uh, to sell CDs as a part of their collections. You know, it's been difficult to see, but at the same time, it's really interesting 
you know, because that was like a part of our childhood, like going to a store and picking up a CD of a band that you wanted to see. You know, it's really unique and different experience. And it's kind of sad to see them go, but at the same time, you know, it's easier to get music through streaming services and through, like, if you really wanted physical, cassettes are becoming big again and vinyls becoming big again. So it's really unique to see that. I actually hadn't realized that cassettes were coming um, that big again. The last time I actually remember owning any sort of cassette was when I was in dance, when I was about in third grade where our dance instructor would actually ask for blank cassettes and she would, um, I'm not sure if it's download, but she would put the music for our show onto the cassettes so we could track back to home. And that's the most history I've ever had. I don't know about you, Jason. Um, well, I think another thing about vinyl is that people like that huge, you know, artwork. You know, that's a big aspect of it. They are very know. artistic. Yeah. Um, but just like any, you know, platform for music, you know, it might be bypassed by a newer thing like house streaming services have bypassed CDs. You know, CDs might come back just like vinyl later on. Um but it's it's just a matter of you know like for us for example at the buzz since we're a bunch of college students it might be hard for us to get access to CDs they do send us CDs in the mail but mm-hmm. you know it doesn't cover everything people might want to play and we have a lot of CDs in stock um, and we implemented um, it was last semester uh, the yeah it was sometime last semester uh, connection to Spotify other monitor so and you can like play youtube off that also soundcloud so there are a lot of ways to listen to music you know that aren't you know concrete you know like vinyl or cds how do you think it's going to affect the radio stations that aren't as up to date with technology as we are at the buzz or still rely on like heavily on cds and vinyls to get the music out there um I think it's just music is music, and, you know, it'll be played over the air, and people won't be able to say, you know, oh, that's being played off a CD. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell, like, through the airwaves. But um, I, I know a lot of radio stations that, you know, haven't, you know, heightened their sense of, you know, hit-miss or whatever, mm-hmm. to the point where they're using streaming services, right? Like, they have a lot of kind of veteran is. It still works because, you know, they're just playing great music and that's all people really want. The platform doesn't necessarily matter all the time. I feel with streaming services, though, anyone can have technological issues with that, such as the stream is broken up, there's no service connecting. Mm -hmm. So I think that would definitely play a role in being a processor, making it harder to do just streaming services. So I think they would need some sort of a hard copy as well. Yeah, that's definitely a deterrent. Um, even though, you know, these streaming services have a huge library of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had instances where, you know, the connection isn't as great in the buzz as it has been. People have told me so. Um, it's worked for me somehow. Um, I, I've never really had a problem with that. But um, also some, like, Carol McNall you know, does her show, um, and she always brings in a mixed CD, or, you know, people make mixed CDs, which could be through, you know, audio files, you know, it's like, you make your own CDs, and, um, so there are different ways to do it, you know, um, there's no strict thing that you have to do over the radio, 
how do you feel about that one, Sean? Um, I mean, for me, I've never really had a problem with my streaming services. You know, I, I use Spotify, and I've had a great experience with it. But for me, it comes um, in terms of, you know, what do I want to listen to? Like, with Spotify, I can uh, pop it up anywhere. But at the same time, you know, I might be more inclined to listen to a vinyl, you know, and just relax if I want to hear a whole album, for example. Uh, for me, it depends on taste. I've been lucky enough to tour a few college radio stations. I have a friend who works at Seton Hall, and they have a lot of state-of-the-art uh, equipment. Uh, but there's also other radio stations who aren't as lucky as us, and they don't even have the bare minimum. And it's been fairly difficult uh, for college radio especially, you know, to secure funding. Radio is becoming less and less about FM and more about digital. Uh, so it's becoming harder to, you know, have a traditional station. And that comes with the change in CDs and the change coming into digital now where you're not going to have that same physical product. It's going to be different and it's going to look different. So you're going to see a change in that as well. Now, how often do you guys feel that there's a change in music? I know every decade there's kind of a style that comes in. Um, you get, like, a lot of boy bands in the early, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of, like, pop music, stuff like that. And now we're getting into more, like, hip-hop and R&B and kind of just, like, a change in music where everything's kind of merging together. How often do you think the trends kind of change within the music industry of going – from one medium to another or one, like, type of sound to another? Well, I know hip-hop, I saw something on the internet, I think it was over this past summer, saying that hip-hop is now the, like, most listened to genre of music um, across the board. And, I mean, there are trends all the time, but, I mean, it's not, you know, uniform amongst mm-hmm. everyone in the United States, for example, you know, people will still listen to whatever they want to listen to, and, like, like, Sean and myself, we listen to a wide variety of stuff. So it's not like I know there are some people only listen to one thing. You know, they mm-hmm. only listen to country or they only listen to you know R and B. Um, and we listen to basically anything. I mean, it's like uh, are you talking about like the platform too, like the change? Yeah, because if you notice, there went from like vinyl to a track cassettes to CDs to um, downloading music offline. Like in the 50s and 60s, you know, big like singles era, people type of mm-hmm. Then like later part of the 60s with albums like Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys or Revolver by the Beatles, you know, um, people got more planned with listening to full length albums. Mm-hmm. Um, the 70s was kind of like the hot spot for that. You know, that's when it really grew. And it was considered like the album era, you know, with all these singer-songwriters. It's almost like every decade you can kind of expect some sort of shift, Mm -hmm. um, kind of all in a positive, like, innovative light. I don't think we've ever seen a terrible shift of music. I mean, we went from radio to actually being able to hold physical music in our hands Mm -hmm. to now we can just, with a click of a button, stream it. So I think there is a very nice way that it just kind of evolves throughout time like mm-hmm. almost every decade you kind of have to see a new like invention of like music and the way that it comes out i think it'll definitely be interesting to see how the era of cds is going to be mm-hmm. because i know for our generation they were huge mm-hmm. um we listened if you got a cd that was the greatest thing you got um could get because a lot of times the cds were expensive mm-hmm. 
now you can go to any store and kind of see like a CD bin, kind of like how they do the movie bins nowadays. Um, I wonder how it's going to be for the upcoming generations. I know we were the, one of the last generations that had still non-technology, but the introduction of technology, and we kind of grew up with it, but we still grew up with being outside all the time and not really having like the technology that we have today. But the up and coming generations just have technology all the time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the trend of vinyls will still be kind of up like um emerging still. Mm-hmm. If CDs are gonna be obsolete for a while. Yeah, I think that a lot of it's um cost dependent also. Mm-hmm. Because um you go to a store and you see that vinyl is pretty expensive sometimes. Um CDs tend mm-hmm. to be like if you get like a CD with maybe 10, 15 songs on it, it'll be like um, maybe $10 at the yeah, record anywhere, store by my house. Yeah, anywhere from like $10 to yeah. like 25 I think yeah. they range. Just kind of... More for double up. Yeah, I've also been able to buy in bulk as well. You know, yeah. like with CDs, like people will put whole collections up for sale for like 100 bucks, and it'll be like 1,000 CDs. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I also see a lot of vinyl being sold very cheaply like people have garage sales they sell mm-hmm. it you know very cheaply that's where you know? i got um kind of the basis of my collection started and then um we have what is what would you consider the shop down the road um like fye a, no like a vintage store um mm-hmm. a consignment shop yeah consignment like secondhand shops mm-hmm. i know i got a couple um Fleetwood Mac albums from there for less than $6 each, yeah. which if you go anywhere, yeah, they're used, but you know what? I think that adds history. <laughs> I do like a little color and um, something else rather than going to like Urban Outfitters and paying an arm and leg for the same album just because it's printed in pretty new paper. Yeah. I know. It's become like difficult with new vinyl as well. You know, it's so expensive. Like it's kind of deterred me sometimes like I'll do it as a treat for myself if I really do enjoy an album I'll go out and buy it even if it is $30 Uh, Mm -hmm. but the the pressing process has just become so difficult and they want a unique thing so they're going to colored vinyl as well and they're going to tie dye it and do all these things when sometimes you just want a blank vinyl uh, of your favorite album so it's become more difficult you know to afford something like that that's why we do turn to these places like consignment shops and look for the goodbye in terms of vinyl. I think one of my best kind of steals for getting a vinyl was when I studied abroad in London, I paid for um, an acoustic set of one of the ba- one of the bands that I really like that are from, like, that area. And they ended up having to cancel um, that show for the um, town that I was living in. And last summer... I believe it was, um, I got an email from the record stores that I bought the tickets from, um, and they they gave the option of either getting a refund for your ticket or sending out um, a pressed vinyl, and I took that, and even though I was back in the U.S. at the time, they still were able to ship it to me, and it was part of um, a limited quantity that they had that they were giving out for free, and then any leftover, they ended up selling. So I was very lucky to get... um, like a limited edition for myself that I didn't pay for because of a band that can't which I think that showed a lot on the band's part, but also kind of gave back to the fans like something else instead of just refunding their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
some of the vinyl copies I own and some of my favorite albums, mm-hmm. I like venerate more than, you know, the CD. Um, and that played much more than just like listening to it through Spotify or something, you know, cause that's like kind of abstract, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have it like there to hold, but like, for example, Thou Pimp a Butterfly uh, by Kendrick Lamar, I bought on vinyl and I like keep it like propped up in my bedroom, you know, like I wouldn't do that with just any CD or. It's weird to think um, music like that now is becoming pressed because when I when I originally thought of vinyl, I would think of like Fleetwood Mac or like the Rolling Stones, yeah. you know, like the Beatles or anything else that I would see in my family's house. Um, actually, over the summer when I was looking through the collection, I found a lot of polka music because my family's very <laughs> Polish, so I found a lot of that. Um, found a ton of Christmas albums. Found actually a couple like Halloween spooky sounds. But we grew up in the 90s of hearing, like, on CDs at, like, family parties for Halloween. They actually had vinyls of Halloween spooky sounds, which I didn't actually think that was a thing. So seeing all the different, like, genres and different styles of music that are, it kind of shows, like, the bigger picture of how big, like, the industry was at one point and how it is becoming a bigger thing again. Yeah, no, it it really is unique. And like talking to my uncle, he knew a bunch of uh, DJs and dis like disc jockeys from Philadelphia Soul Stations. Uh, so they had given him pieces of uh, their collection of vinyl, and he had passed it on to me. And I actually, you know, got like a whole bunch of really cool albums, like a bunch from the Jackson Five and Diana Ross, and also uh, Marvin Gaye too. Uh, so getting things like that and learning the story behind it is something really unique that vinyl presents. And even um, vinyls now that they're coming out, like movies, Guardian of the Galaxy has a lot of good old music on it. And that is one of um, our favorite albums upstairs because it has different genres on it, different period music. So it's not like you're buying a movie vinyl that has all new music on it. It's a mix of older stuff that we all like too. So it's nice thing that you can have the mix along with the new. And uh, something that me and Jason were actually talking about uh, with the new Black Panther movie as well, uh, Kendrick Lamar was a huge part of that soundtrack. And he was only asked originally to do two songs, you know, as singles. And then it ended up becoming a full album and people are still listening to it. And it's getting spins on radio. So you have impacts like that as well, where, you know, it's a really important part of the movie. And also people really want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Mhm. No, I think we're gonna wrap it up now. How do you think the entire like impact of music is focusing? Like, where do you see it like shifting in the next few years? How do you see um, the old and the young listening to music and buying it? Um, overall, how do you think the music industry has been doing on that part? I think with a lot of the tensions that are going on in this country right now, there's kind of uh, you know a return to the political. In music, you know, you see that in hip hop, um, um, records, and um, you know, indie and rock, um, even R and B, and it's kind of you know a return to music like that was listened to during the counterculture of the '60s, you know, like Buffalo Springfield for mm-hmm. what it's worth, stuff like that. Um, so I think that'll continue probably throughout this presidency, um, as far as you know, I'm concerned. But like. Um, and it, aside from that, not only is that becoming a trend, like mm-hmm. it's becoming like a mainstream trend. Like you see, like, um, or, you know, again, it's becoming a mainstream trend. You know, it's not like underground 
you know, political stuff. It's like stuff that's going to number one on the charts mm-hmm. that's, you know, political. But overall, like genre-wise, I think um, hip-hop, you know, is, gets bigger and bigger every year. So many um, different changes within it, too. Yeah. There are a lot of different, like, it's very stratified in the sense that, like, there's, you know, the party hip-hop, hip-hop that makes you think, you know, there's a lot of different stuff to listen to in that regard. Um, indie, you know, uh, with a lot of college radio stations playing indie, I think, you know, there's a growth throughout the years of, you know, that type of music. And people will always listen to, you know, stuff from decades past. You know, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like some of my, you know, roommates saying to me, Jason, like when you're you know, 70 years old, you're going to be listening to music from 100 years ago. I was like, yeah, why not? As long as I still can. Keep the music alive. I think that's one thing that won't die out. You can always bring back an old song. Just like books are becoming classics, like songs are going to be just at the same level of importance one day. There are, you know, certain pieces of music that are just timeless, and you'll find a lot. I mean, it's not like you're going to find Beethoven on, like, vinyl or anything, but but it's, I think the music from, like, the 50s to the yeah. 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. I think they will have their importance on skills as well. Yeah, no, I, I really do agree with that. Um, we're going to see, you know, expansion of genres as well. You know, we've seen with trip-hop and these SoundCloud rappers as well. They've brought out something completely unique. And we've seen in other decades where, you know, genres have been pushed to the limit, you know, experimentation is becoming a huge part of music. And with the physical aspects, you know, the return to vinyl is something great. It's something tangible and you can hold it. Uh, But we will see an expansion of streaming services. People are kind of in a mood where they're going to want it now. And Mm -hmm. with the political sphere that we're in right now, uh, it is going to be politically driven music. And I feel at times we have had that. Like you look at the 70s, with a lot of the music that came out during the Vietnam War, especially with, like, CCR, mm-hmm. you see the impact that that had on people. I feel this is going to have the same in terms of power and the way that it moves people. So we're definitely geared uh, for exciting time in music and the way that we experience it as well. Yeah, I think that was pretty much nicely worded. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk about music and the future of music with you guys. Definitely. Yeah, and thank you for having us. Thank you so. next time, for Tap Into Greater Land, tune in. You never know what interesting facts you're going to get. Goodbye. Bye.